Welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. Today, we are honored to hear from mom, mentor, author, and Bridging the Gap advisor, Sandy McEwen, as she has a conversation with our podcast host, McKelty Bloom. In this episode, you will hear about Sandy's new book, Some Miracles Need a Mom, the story of Jesus and Mary that inspired the book, and Sandy's journey with raising kids with special needs, challenges, and joys, and why she wanted to bring encouragement to other moms. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Well, Sandy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's so great to be here. <laughs> I am really, really excited to have you here and just to spend time together, too. And we were <laughs> we were already trying to catch up ahead of time and all of that good stuff. But I think we could sit and talk for hours. But I'm very excited to hear all about your book and know that this was a labor of love that you worked on. And remind me when it was released officially. Well, it was kind of a rocky release. Oh, okay. It was supposed to be released in December of 2021, mm-hmm. but um, there was a pandemic and there was a paper shortage. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so then they said, well, we'll get it done before Mother's Day in mm-hmm. 2022. Mm-hmm. That stalled out for a while. And... Um, Um, I kind of held their feet to the fire Mm -hmm. and there was a soft open in April of 2022. Okay. So we're actually going to launch officially here right before May in 2023. We haven't even done a launch yet. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Because I remember our books came out around the same time. So I had remembered that piece. But that is exciting, the the hard launch coming up this year. Yeah. Well, Some Miracles Need a Mom. I I love the title. It intrigues me. It makes me want to know more. But before we even jump into all of that, could you just introduce yourself to all the people listening who might not know you or know you well? Sure. Um, my husband and I were married 41 years. We raised five kids. Um, we had three with learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, one with, <clears throat> excuse me, ADD and a mood disorder and depression, one with epilepsy, reading disability, depression, and oppositional defiance, and one with autism. And of course, even the children that didn't have learning disabilities had struggles. Mm -hmm. This isn't a book just for children with disabilities. This is a book for moms that have children that are struggling. Mm -hmm. So um, of course, we as parents were struggling because our kids were. So I'm just a simple, ordinary woman who stood her ground and fought for her family. I'm a mom who ultimately realized I could not fight all the battles my kids were facing alone Mm. and needed someone to fill in my many weaknesses to fortify me for the battle. Mm. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 reads, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And let me boast. I have a lot of weaknesses. (laughs) My kids would attest to that. (laughs) But despite them all, my Lord, by his grace, used me to accomplish more than I ever dreamed possible (laughs) for my family. I love that. And that's exactly what he does, right? 
he gives us more than we could ever think is even possible. And so years of challenges and struggles in parenting. And I think so many parents and moms probably just tuned, you know, turn their ear to listen in, in all of this with, I, you know, just in my role as a social worker, have seen a lot of families go through any, you know, learning disability, any type of emotional dysregulation, any of those pieces can just knock you down and make you feel this specific type of defeat as a mom. Yes. And as any parent, you know, some, some men listen to, so <laughs> all of that, but what made you decide from going through that experience to, you know what, I want to write a book about it. Well, I really didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how authors start, honestly. <laughs> Only my eventual obedience to God is what got me to write the book. I'm pretty stubborn. You might not know <laughs> that about me. And quite simply, I didn't feel qualified. Mm. But that God doesn't call the qualified. Mm-hmm. He qualifies the called. And it took me a long time to truly grasp that concept. Mm-hmm. After my fifth child was born, I had crawled into bed totally exhausted one night. My husband traveled for work and he was gone again. I was still getting used to the mechanics of managing a household of five kids while frequently alone and reached for my Bible on the nightstand for the much needed strength I needed. (laughs) But I couldn't remember where I had been reading last. I had several bookmarks and pieces of papers throughout my Bible, but I couldn't figure out which spot I was supposed to be reading in. So I closed my Bible and prayed a quick prayer. I said, Lord, I need your help. I don't remember where I'm supposed to be at tonight, but really, I just want to hear from you, Lord. Please direct me to what you want from me. And I opened my Bible without any specific intent other than hearing what he had for me. And after opening my Bible, my eyes fell directly onto Jeremiah 30, verse 2. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. <laughs> Isn't that something? That's how it starts. <laughs> Write in a book all the words I have spoken to you. Mm. I was stunned. Mm. I spent a lot of time after that asking for clarification. And then I asked for clarification again. <laughs> I didn't trust myself that I was hearing correctly. But the Lord was patient with me. And in that process, nudged me to the account of the wedding in Cana. After my morning Bible reading, I was drawn to those passages repeatedly for a couple Mm. of weeks. I eventually prayed, I don't understand. What do you want from me, Lord? And in an instant, he revealed what he wanted me to see about this passage. And I scribbled his insights in the margins of my Bible as quickly as I could write. Those insights eventually became the chapters of Some Miracles Need a Mom. Mm. I love that. So tell me what happens in this wedding that you read about in the Bible that kind of was an inspiration to you. Well, it's based. So obviously it's based off that story, the wedding in Cana in John 2, 1 through 11. Mary goes to Jesus while they're both at the wedding. Mm -hmm. Scholars tell us Mary was probably helping in some manner of the festivities and she had discovered the wine was gone. She went to the son of God asking him to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And his reply was, what's it to do with me, woman? (laughs) He had no intention of performing a miracle at that place in time. Yet she pushed for it. She ultimately changed his mind. 
and Jesus performed a miracle. We as moms can follow Mary's very specific footsteps in those verses and pursue miracles for our kids because some miracles need a mom. Mm-hmm. I love what you just said, too. It just sparked this into my mind of how she went to the Son of God and asked him to do this. And at this point, she was really like the only one who knew. She one of the few who really knew who Jesus was. And when you said that, I don't know, in my head, it just made me think of us as moms and as parents, sometimes we are the only ones who really can deeply see the true strengths and potentials of our kids. Absolutely. And we have to, like Mary, give them that little nudge mm-hmm. and show them sometimes their potential if if they don't see it or they're too bogged down in the weaknesses or what everyone's telling them they can't do. And we are the ones that sometimes see the truth. I don't know. Did you have a lot of that? (laughs) Well, yes, I did. I I did. Um, Struggling to see their strengths. And sometimes their strengths were pretty um, obvious. Mm -hmm. But when they're three and can um, organize blocks amazingly well, it's hard to see how that's going to translate into a job Mm -hmm. as an adult. Mm -hmm. But God can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And he uses us as moms to help equip them and gives us the supernatural strength in some ways. And this knowledge of how we can see our kids in ways that others might or that they don't even see themselves. Correct. I love that. I really love that. So what I'm just curious, what parts of that story in the Bible really resonated with you? Well, um, The part where Mary goes and asks Jesus for um, the miracle, um, she she went boldly. Mm. She was very confident. Mm. She knew what he could do, and um, in the in that passage, it says it it reports that this was Jesus's first miracle. I disagree. Mm. It was Jesus's first public miracle Mm. maybe one day when jesus was a boy and mary's raising him Mm -hmm. he's in her house she knows what you know she she's living with him Mm. and she's maybe making supper one day over the open fire and it started to tip and she grabbed it quick to save the precious contents (laughs) but now her hand is burned Mm. but the son of god is near And he comes over and reaches over and touches her hand and heals her. Mm. Now she knows. Yeah. He heals. Mm. Later on, when she was a poor carpenter's widow, did she go to the pantry one day to make supper and realize there just wasn't enough there to make supper? Did she circle in the house looking at everything, wondering what she was going to do and come back to it and look at it? Mm. And this time there was just enough there for supper. I believe things like this occurred because mm-hmm. when Mary went to Jesus at the wedding, she went boldly. She mm-hmm. knew she what knew. he could do. She knew he could make create miracles, mm-hmm. that he could perform miracles. So um, I have total confidence that this was not his first miracle. Mm-hmm. 
That needs to be clarified. I have never heard that before. It, this was his first hmm. public miracle hmm. because miracles at home are private matters until people share them. Mm-hmm. And in this book, I'm telling people about our miracles. Mm. Mary had witnessed private miracles in her home. Now, Jesus was about to make it public that he could do it. Yeah. Wow. I really love that perspective. I mean, it makes sense if you really think about it. Like that absolutely Mm -hmm. makes sense. And that is such a cool way to look at it. Yeah, that would capture my attention too. (laughs) (laughs) So... Speaking as a a young mom, um, you know, I have a two-year-old and an almost three-month-old. And I remember specifically before my second was born, just a couple months ago, I have so much fear. And I know a lot of other young moms experience this fear of wanting our children to grow up to be these strong and kind and just God-loving adults. And... It's, it gives me anxiety sometimes really thinking about it because I love my kids so much. I think other people love their kids so much. We really want them to experience God's love, experience what it's like to walk with him and just be a kind human in society. And so I'm just wondering what encouragement and just words of wisdom do you have for those moms that are, are feeling that way and might be struggling in that as well? Well, first of all, I would suggest, um, and I can say this because I've done it, um, don't parent in fear. Mm-hmm. Um, make your decisions based on what it's, what's right or not. Not making decisions based on fear. Fear mm-hmm. gets us into trouble. Mm-hmm. And we need to walk closely with Jesus if we don't want to be walking in fear. Mm-hmm. The other thing is um, I really strongly urge you to pray for your kids every oh, day yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and not not a um, five minute as we fall asleep kind of a prayer, but um, sweat and bullets kind of prayer. Mm-hmm. Lord, I want uh, I want my kids in heaven. Mm, yeah. Lord, use my children for your glory. Mm-hmm. And. um there is a sweet joy sitting back and watching the Lord use your kids yeah, yeah. as a result of that. Yeah. Hey, single moms, you're invited to be part of the 2023 Single Moms Retreat on June 2nd and 3rd at Lake Geneva Christian Center in Alexandria, Minnesota. Join with single moms from across the Midwest for a weekend of relaxation, fun, and encouragement on your faith journey with Jesus Christ. Enjoy main sessions with Jennifer Maggio, Rebecca Hagen, Nick Gray, and worship with Reba Gray, multiple breakout sessions, and tons of free giveaways, including the Diva Boutique Personal Shopping Experience, a spa, car care, the one mile walk or 5k run rollerblade or bike, the girlfriend's party with a special performance by music artist True Serva, tons of gifts and more. We pray that you'll feel extravagantly loved, pampered and renewed throughout the single moms retreat. Register to attend, volunteer, invite others or donate by going to mnbtg.org slash retreat. That's mnbtg.org slash retreat. We'll see you there. I think prayer is such a big piece to parenting. You're just your kids in general. That's always something that I love hearing adults talk about it, how I had a praying mom and that I think that got me through this, you know, through X, Y, and Z and to where I am now and just encourages me as a mom 
to pray. And as I know this wasn't one of the questions that I sent you, but do you have any just tangible circumstances where you saw that you saw a prayer answered in your kids? Well, um, one of the things that I always prayed is that um, God would use them as a witness. Mm -hmm. Um, Our ADD son, who um, I never saw this coming when this happened, but he started dating a gal in high school who was not a Christian. I had, um, we had told all our kids they couldn't date anyone that wasn't a Christian. So um, let's just say this son did not have all the all the social skills. You know, some of them have less social skills than others. And um, so we had told him he had to only date Christians. So he walks up to her and said, are you a Christian? <laughs> and, just flat out the first thing and, he says. <laughs> and she said, uh, yes. <laughs> we go to church every Christmas and Easter. You oh, know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we were like, okay, you know. Um, and my husband, it was right before Halloween, and um, there was a church across town where we lived at the time that was putting on kind of a scare tactic Halloween. Mm. Um, if you don't accept Christ, you're going to hell kind of a thing. It was it was a dramatic play. Mm. And my husband went and got two tickets and gave them to our son and oh said, here, take her to this. <laughs> <laughs> what a date. <laughs> and she accepted Christ at the event. Wow. Really? <laughs> yes. I believe she's a missionary today. Oh, wow. Yes. So <laughs> even if our kids aren't following our man-made rules, <laughs> God can still use them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Just what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> to, to just pray. And there you go. You get a story like that. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so when you're looking at kids who might be struggling, what are just, you know, everybody says, you know, find their strengths, find their strengths, you know, see what they're good at. But to be honest, in the moments as a mom, when you are frustrated beyond belief and you yourself might not be seeing much strengths <laughs> in your own frustration, how can we practically actually look for the strengths that God has given them? Because he has. He has given them dreams and, you know, skills. And and so how do we practically look for those? Well, we pray. Mm-hmm. We pray, mm-hmm. dear Lord, help me to see my child. Mm. through your eyes. Mm. Um, he's always a loving God. Mm. And we don't, we don't see all the struggles when we're seeing them through God's eyes. Mm-hmm. We see the process and where they're headed a little bit more mm-hmm. when we're looking at them through God's eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, one son... Um, he would take a plastic bat. We were in Iowa, living in Iowa at the time, and he would take a plastic bat when it was dusk and go outside and kill 100 light bulb, light, um, oh, the lightning bugs, lightning bugs mm. with his bat. And wow. the, the bat would just be green from oh. all of the bugs on it, but he wouldn't quit until he'd killed 100. Sometimes he had to hop over the fence and go to the next neighbor so that he could get more. And I'm watching that going, this is really strange. 
<laughs> he started doing this like when he was 10. And um, the kid had a lot of aggression. So I'm like, well, maybe he's getting a little aggression out. Better that than a brother, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, true, true. <laughs> but um, today <laughs> he has started his own business and has um, is really excelling at it. In pest control. I was just going to say, please <laughs> tell me he's an exterminator. <laughs> and absolutely loves it. And I didn't see that one. I saw him killing the bugs thinking, wow, I've never seen this before. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I really hope this doesn't turn the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> but he's doing very well. Mm-hmm. And I just, I always really admire moms like that who see something that everyone else in the world would deem odd or weird, you know, strange and put labels on it and be like, maybe we shouldn't do this. I don't want my kid to be weird. But just to embrace it for a moment. And if it isn't harming, well, this you know, lightning bugs were harmed, but if it isn't harming <laughs> another person or, you know, not something that's horrible, like maybe just see where it goes. And there are some kids that, you know, they really hyper focus, especially kids who have autism Mm -hmm. they might really hyper focus on something that everyone's like this is really weird you're obsessed with this but who knows what that's going to turn into it might have the specific just knowledge and they become knowledgeable in it and then maybe they do turn it into career maybe they invent something and so don't be so quick to to push something aside or to mark it as you know this isn't a strength this is because you don't know where it's going to lead is what I'm trying to say absolutely and sometimes we can use those strengths as well for Mm -hmm. teaching moments Mm. Um, our autistic son was five and he still wasn't potty trained. I was getting kind of desperate. And so he loved the Game Boy. Remember the little handheld Game Boys? And Oh, yes, yes. Yes. And um, so he could only um, play with it when he sat on the toilet. Mm. Mm. And um, I would put it, when he got off, I would take the Game mm. Boy and put it up high in a cupboard and say, okay, you can have it again when you sit on the toilet again. Mm. He was afraid of the toilet. Mm. So it was a slow process, you know, sitting, having him sit on it with his jeans on without the lid up and mm-hmm. then still jeans on with the lid up. And then, you know, just a, one step at a time. But he yeah. always got to play his Game Boy. Yeah. 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 That's a really great strategy. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm thinking even... We can do everything right as moms. You could do everything right. You could be the perfect mom if there ever was one. And still sometimes our kids are going to get into trouble. They're going to go through really hard situations. And they may even turn away from their faith and and question God. And I, I know that that's so many things that women have experienced or are currently walking through with their kids. And that can break your heart. And how do we lean on God and our faith during those times? Well... Um, when, when our kids are little, we're the center of their universes. Mm -hmm. We are their everything, Mm -hmm. as you will know with two little ones. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They cannot survive without us. And the light, the sun, the moon all rests on us Mm -hmm. in their eyes. But as they age, they grow and they discover we're human and Mm -hmm. we make mistakes Mm -hmm. And if we haven't done our job of introducing them and leading them to a strong relationship with the Son of Man who lived on this earth as a human yet never sinned, Mm. 
we are doing a terrible injustice mm -hmm. to our kids. Mm -hmm. They need a centerpiece to their lives that is stable and never changing. Mm -hmm. One who will always be there for them. It's not humanly possible for parents to be available for our kids every moment of yeah. their lives. Yeah. So we need to pray, help me, Lord, to see my children as you see them and um, help to see their purpose. Mm -hmm. Help them discover their God-given purpose. Mm -hmm. And um, about them possibly turning away from faith, um, I don't think it's wrong to question their faith. Mm -hmm. um, eventually, kids have to transfer that coattail faith that they've had from their parents. Yeah, yeah over to their own faith mm -hmm. and that takes some searching and that takes some questioning and as parents we need to stay calm but prayerful and mm -hmm. and be able to calmly answer their questions and be ready for those questions yeah because um it's part of growing is asking questions about why it, why is it like this mm -hmm. um so um, be ready for it don't fear it, again, because mm. we're not going to fear in parenting process, even though Satan would love us to fear. Yeah. And um, be prayed out. Yeah. Yeah. And I I agree. I feel like that has been a mentality that has shifted over the last years where it used to just be straight fear of I can't let my kid question their faith. But now the Mormons I talk to have said, no, I'm kind of glad when they do, because I want them to gain this this com confidence and this comfort and developing a faith of their own Absolutely. and not just having it be, well, it's because my parents took me to church and because my mom prayed with me every night and told me I'm supposed to do it. And then... If they are still doing that when they go off to college and start having their questions in college, and if their friends that they have made mm. don't have that kind of knowledge, That's true. Yeah. then they're getting swayed away from Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's a little late to be yeah. asking questions at that point. Mm. That's hard. That's very hard. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so true. I mean, all of this has been so encouraging. And I just hope that the moms listening today and parents just really just hold on to some of these truths that we've talked about and buy your book. <laughs> so what is just as we're wrapping up here? What is one thing that as you were writing the book, you're like, I really hope that moms take this out of the book. Well, I'll, I'll share a story. Okay. Um, on a rainy Saturday morning while my husband was gone out of town again, I took all the kids to a local fast food restaurant mm -hmm. to jump around and get some energy out in the play area. And our strong-willed tactile son, tactile defensive son, was struggling with an issue. So I went over to him to solve an issue for him. And while I, I did, our autistic son got away from me mm -hmm. and he went and was having a little tantrum in the aisle. Mm -hmm. And... I finished with the strong-willed son, had, was headed towards the autistic son, and a lady was in front of me walking, and she had to walk around him, and she swore at him. Mm. And I didn't go to her and explain, but I did ponder that at home. And um, I started, because of that, I started praying, Lord, help me learn how to communicate with my son. Mm. Because I was learning that when he didn't understand where we were going, he ended up tantruming because he wasn't ready for it. Mm. 
So I already learned that he was a visual learner, but now I needed to be able to find a way to communicate with him in a visual way where we were going. So I prayed. I'm like, Lord, I need help here so that he doesn't tantrum and cause problems for Mm -hmm. other people out in public. And the Lord gave me an answer, which was very unusual. He said, buy more shoes. I said, what? (laughs) And he wasn't talking about me. (laughs) You're like, okay, sure. He was talking about my son. Mm. Um, I bought shoes for my three-year-old autistic son for preschool. I bought him shoes for errands. I bought him shoes for going to church. Mm. And then I was very, very careful to put each pair of shoe on for each assigned task. Hmm. And a few weeks later on a Sunday morning, my husband was out of town again. And I was attempting to get all the kids ready for church. And I started to put the designated church shoes on my son's feet. He started to kick and scream at home instead of at church. Hmm. I was so excited. I wrestled those shoes on his feet. And then I stood up and I said, tough, you're going anyway. (laughs) And then I walked away. (laughs) And he laid there quietly. He quit crying. Mm. We'd had our first conversation. Mm. He he was kicking and screaming. He didn't want to go to church. And I said, tough, you're going anyway. Mm. And then I walked away. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he was uh, feeling a little defeated in the moment. But he didn't tantrum at church for the very first time that day. Mm. And this was huge. I was so excited. Several Mm. things that happened all through this experience. Number one, he never tantrumed at church again. We were always putting church shoes on him. So he understood those were church shoes. And he had a 15-minute car ride. He knew he was going to church. Number two, I learned to pray, listen, obey, and trust the lord um when when he said buy more shoes i was like uh and this makes no sense <laughs> but the shoe system even though i was skeptical mm-hmm. the lord knew what he was doing yeah yeah and i needed to learn to trust him mm-hmm. and number three my hopes for my son soared that day by following what my lord had directed me to do it not only helped my son but it helped me to see my son differently mm-hmm. We had been told our son was so severely autistic that he would never speak and most likely be institutionalized. Mm. But through this experience, I realized there was a really smart kid in there. He caught on to the system in two weeks. I was still trying to figure it out. <laughs> he just needed to be taught in his learning style. Yeah. As a result, today, that son is a college graduate. Married, a father of two, has a career, and is a functioning member of today's society. Love it. I love it. What more could a mom ask for? Yeah. And it was just you trusting in God and figuring out the system that worked for him. Yes. I really love it. Well, is there any final thoughts before we close out today? Um. I just want to tell moms, don't give up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fight for your children on your knees. Read God's word. Pray the word of God over your children. And when we pray for our kids, it changes the trajectory of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the places that they'll go when we truly pray for our kids. Yeah. I love that. Well, where can people get your book? Amazon. Amazon. It's the best place. I love it. 
I love it. Well, I just feel so peaceful. (laughs) I just feel so encouraged by all of that as a young mom. And I just know that everybody listening is going to feel that too. So thank you so much for sharing. Of course. And thank you for sharing more about your book and just encouraging moms and a topic that is, it's hard. It's hard. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bridging the Gap podcast. We were honored to hear from Sandy McEwen on Some Miracles Need a Mom. Learn more about Sandy and pick up a copy of her book at sandymcewen.com. You can learn more about Bridging the Gap at mnbtg.org by downloading the Bridging the Gap app through your app store or by following MNBTG on social media. We also invite you to take a moment to rate and review this podcast to help others find this resource as well. Thank you for joining us today and we We look forward to being with you next time on the Bridge in the Gap podcast.